Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Hello, channel pros. Welcome to the Channel Journeys podcast. This is your host, Rob Spee, and we're going to do something a little bit different on today's podcast. It's mid-June. I'm actually in not too bad of a spot. I'm looking out the window at Monaco, the buildings of Monaco. We are here with our partners, with some customers, having a great event. It is our Beyond Tech Monaco event. And it's something new that we're trying out at Beyond Trust, and we are doing a lot of different things here. We are doing partner technical training. We've got technical training going on. We've got a customer advisory board. But the reason I'm here with some top partners of ours is for a partner advisory board. And we have just kicked this off. It's our first live partner advisory board. So we thought, why not pick a really fun spot to try it out? And we are having fun in Monaco. The board was yesterday. We had a great time last night with some excursions and a pretty special excursion this morning that we're just back from, and uh, we're going to try to hold it together and have a good conversation. I have got with me a number of partners and our chief revenue officer from Beyond Trust, and we're going to talk a bit about the Partner Advisory Board, how we ran it, topics that we talked about. And this is, we've talked about Partner Advisory Boards on the podcast before. We're going to dive into how we ran ours, and it was a bit different from any Partner Advisory Board I've been involved with up till now. And I want to talk about some of the topics that were brought up during the advisory board all around the partner ecosystem, which has been a hot topic in a lot of the Channel Journeys podcasts. So why don't we kick it off? And I want to introduce, so normally I interview just one person on the podcast. I actually have four people here with me. So why don't we kick it off? Dana, why don't you just tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah. Hi, Rob. My name is Dana Reed. I work at uh, Sailpoint Technologies. We are a uh, leader in the identity governance space, so a big partner with Beyond Trust. Uh, I'm actually here in Monaco filling in for a colleague of mine, and, and uh, I think maybe the best possible opportunity to fall into in my life. But really, it's been a pleasure to be here for the past couple of days and, and talk about how we as a technology partner uh, partner with Beyond Trust and how we can kind of go to market together. Thanks, Dana. So Brent Thorell, I'm the Chief Revenue Officer of Beyond Trust and you know, very thankful for the opportunity to be here with our great partners here in Monaco. Um, Beyond Trust, for those of you that don't know, specialize in privilege access and secure remote access. So yeah, just absolutely excited to be here with all of our amazing uh, partners in Monaco this week and and really celebrating them and, and talking about strategy for next year. Thanks, Brent. Hey, Rob. Uh, thrilled to be here. My name is Eric Cole. I'm Vice President Advanced Solutions for Ingram Micro US, and I lead our networking and security practice. I've only been with the company for 24 years. I've been to plenty of partner advisory boards, and I'm telling you, this one's pretty high up on the list, with the exception of the three-mile uphill walk you took me on this morning. But anyway, the afternoon made up for it, and I'm ex- you did, and I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Excellent. And we have one more partner. Thank you very much, and thank you, Ralph, for having me here. My name is Per Samuelsen. I'm from ICY Security in uh, in Denmark. I'm a partner of the company. I've been the company for approximately four years now. And uh, we're doing, of course, IT security and identity security as well. Excellent. So we've got a broad, diverse uh, cross-section of partners here. We've got an alliance partner, SailPoint. We've got our distributor, Ingram, managing our distribution in the Americas. We've got a two-tier model there with ICY. How would you describe your company? We talked a lot about partner types and partner motions. Well, how would you describe ICY? 
Exactly. Well, ICY is a plain and simple consultancy company, actually, but but focusing only on identity security. Okay. That's more or less what we do, based in the Nordic, of course, and working out of that. And do you do resell or just services? We do services. Uh, that's our first priority. And yeah. then reselling is, of course, also important, but that's the second part. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, guys, thanks for joining me here today. So the Partner Advisory Board Let's talk about that a little bit. And it was really, for me, a different format. And what we tried to do, if a lot of the partner advisory boards I've been to in the past, you have kind of a U-shaped table, people stand up and are presenting, and there's a little bit of discussion, but it's really hard to get some partners chatting and talking. And it's a lot of times you're trying to pull things out of the partners, and many times it's hours of PowerPoints and and kind of grueling, actually. We took a different format with this partner advisory board, and, and really right out of the gate, it was very conversational. And it was, Brent, what's the, the process that we used on this? The process that we used, I think... Inquisitive inquiry? No. You put me on the spot there. I did, I did. A bunch of topics, let's talk about. Yeah, appreciative inquiry. Appreciative inquiry, there yes. we go. Yes, it's appreciative inquiry. So really, that's listening with the full intent to understand. Um, not just, you know, putting up a load of PowerPoint presentations and hoping for some you know, confirmation bias that what you're doing, everybody's going to uh, really agree with. So yeah, it's, it's really making sure that we're hearing the voices of our partner community and using that to really influence and inform our strategy moving forward. Because for me, you know, as chief revenue officer, it's one thing to come up with a go-to-market strategy and what the shape of the sales team is going to be. But, you know, if our go-to-market is predicated on channel partners, it makes a lot of sense to me that we should have the channel partners as a big part of that conversation, helping us to kind of plot the way forward over the next three years. So yeah, appreciative inquiry um, definitely helps us to, to do that, you know, really fully listening into what it is that our channel partners need and how they see the market moving forward. Right. Dana, what did you think about how we kicked it off uh, right out of the gate with that exercise where we're interviewing each other to really get to know each other and kind of get set the tone for the meeting? I mean, first of all, it's a good inquiry. I appreciate the inquiry. Uh, we're, we're putting it to use now. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> You're so appreciative. You know, it, it was nice. For me, especially, it was interesting because I understood, I think, new layers of what a, a successful partner program required. It was just kind of a, a really interesting time to meet someone new, sit and talk, and understand about Ingram and what they do. And, and I, I really just, uh, really, uh, I'm doing a bad job putting this in words, but it was just really interesting for me to understand what a partner program looks like the different layers involved, and as a technology provider, what else really goes into the playbook to make this entire go-to-market strategy successful? Yeah, so just to describe a little bit further, we kicked it off really after just a short introduction, having each of the partners, setting them up two by two, and doing basically an interview and asking some key questions about, uh, I think, what were some key strengths uh, of yourself individually, key strengths of your company, and putting partners together and a lot of times different partner types coming from different geographies. We have partners from around the globe here. I think each of you learned a lot in, in hearing about things that how things take place in different uh, countries, how things take place with different partner types. There was a lot of learning just in that very first session that we did that I think also set a great tone for the meeting, right? People got very comfortable talking to each other. We started getting to know each other better. Now, we did do one virtual meeting before this, so it wasn't totally coming out cold, but we just dove a lot deeper into it. So then after that, the first exercise we did was around buyer behavior and really talking and doing an exercise about how has buyer behavior changed and how is it changing? Because that has a huge influence on all of our businesses, our go-to-market strategies at Beyond Trust. Certainly, it affects our go-to-market strategy and our partner strategy 
by and large, too. So let's dive into that a little bit. Brent, maybe kicking off with you, what are you seeing, you know, as chief revenue officer and doing sales, you know, running sales at Beyond Trust? What are you seeing in buyer behavior? What's changing? Well, I think there's a tremendous amount that's changed as far as buyer behavior goes, just even in the last few years, certainly in the last few years, kind of going through COVID, um, you know, we've seen what I think most markets have seen, which is a retrenchment of the buyer to their home offices, people wanting to engage more from a um, through digital channels, you know, not necessarily wanting that human element as much. So that's certainly one of them. We've seen um, a whole host of, of other changes as well, which uh, I think are outside of kind of like the, the human element, um, certainly around cybersecurity and information security, which is the market that, that we're in. I mean, we've certainly seen a rise now in the instance of, um, you know, different mandates, um, security mandates or, you know, cyber insurance mandates around, around the world that put I think a lot of different drivers and pressures on customers to really tighten up and transpose risk. You know, that's also led to a big change in the way that they actually manage a transaction and buy a transaction. So all of these things, we're really trying to get our heads around as a business. You mentioned that the, the buying process has gotten, gotten more complex, even though we're doing remote selling more and more. The buying process is more complex. More people are involved in that's the right. process. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we have certainly see a broader church of people getting involved now. There's so many more stakeholders. Um, cybersecurity is a globalized thing, you know, and we work with a lot of large enterprises. I mean, even not so large enterprises that have a footprint um, around the world now. So, you know, and, and each of those locales, each of those geographies sometimes have their own pressures, their own legal um, obligations to fulfill. So, yes, we've certainly seen a lot more people getting involved. It isn't now just say the office of the CISO, um, you know, you're looking at the the uh, the IT department really more to, to kind of bake information security and cybersecurity into the fabric of, of what organizations are doing. So yeah, you know, whereas it may have been three or four people that you were really selling to, and it's now, you know, 10, 12, even more than that in some instances. Yeah. yeah. Which has big implications too with who we partner with and what partners are touching those different individuals. Without a doubt. Because as a vendor, you know, your relationships, as good as the salesperson or sales people are that you've got on your staff, you're never going to be able to cover all of those relationships, right? And the deepest relationships um, that we find are, you know, those people that have been in there and solved customer problems and use cases, case studies um, for, for those customers before with related technologies. So absolutely, you know, harnessing the power of the channel to be able to get us into those relationships and expand within the account or even, you know, just being an ear to the ground within the account to, to find out where the hot buttons are and the triggers within those um, organizations is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Eric, from a distributor's point of view, the shift to SaaS, we talked a lot about the shift to SaaS, even movement to the consumption model. What are you seeing, you know, with your thousands of partners out there and, and what impact are you seeing from this shift in buyer behavior? Yeah, it was a great conversation because as the buyer needs change, and we've talked a lot about how the consumption model changes from annual to, to subscription to monthly. And we have to have a solution, however, the technology wants to be consumed. And the channel obviously has to adapt to that. But I think, you know, some of the great conversations yesterday were not only about, hey, once you've sold the software, sold the solution about that customer experience and the role that the channel has to play in delivering that customer experience to make sure that the software is being utilized. All of the different, you know, components and solutions are being 
successfully deployed and utilized by the customer. So, you know, we're in a great spot at Inger Micro to be there with you as an extension of your channel team as the buyer behavior changes. And as I said, we have to adapt with it. And so great conversations yesterday along all of those topics. Yeah. Pair, as a delivery partner, we really rely on you to drive that business outcome, right? And we, we had some interesting conversations around SaaS. The transaction is really, it's just the starting point and it's much less important to the customer, to even more and more to the partners than the, the drive of the business outcome and all that that takes to, to put our software in place, working with alliance partners and the integrations. What, what other changes are you seeing? Yeah, one of the changes actually, well, as, as we can see, we're going from, from the on-prem to the SaaS solution, of course. And that's made some few, of course, some, some few changes also in the way we implement it. But, but it's going to be extremely more easier for us actually to implement because there are not all other fundamental part of the installations have actually been done. It's in your data center or somewhere else in, in, in the cloud. That's excellent. And then we can actually start elaborating and, and time to value is actually much, much shorter now than it was before. So that's also one of the key trends that we see in the market. That, that the end clients would actually like to have, well, time to value needs to be smaller and more because we really need to mitigate all the cyber risks that are out there and they're changing all the time. What can you do to drive that, that shorter time to value? What are some of the components in your strategy that yeah. you leverage? Yeah, that, that's more or less to ensure that we have the correct resources at the correct time. So it's more or less a predictability from our sales guys. I also have to predict, okay, when are we actually starting up at that client? And that's something that's on, on, on high priority for us. Right, right. Yeah, and for us too, that's why we think partner enablement is really key to this, the, the success of this mission. That's why we're doing technical partner enablement here in Monaco. And I think we had 40 or 50 partners coming here and getting certified while we're here. And a cool place to be. Dana, from, a, from an alliance partner perspective, obviously, we are aligned beyond trust and SailPoint and a few other really strategic partners. Why is that so important for our customers to have that you know, ready-made integration and to go to market together? I think the when you look at, at the synergies between, and for us, it's the auth N game, the auth Z game, and the privilege game coming together and, and you know unifying. And I think the reality is it allows us now to attack the program, not the project, right? And so when we're talking about who we're providing value to, who we're speaking with, even during the sales cycle, we're talking to C-level executives that are really guiding the organization from a, uh, a computer security journey um, as opposed to just a privilege journey or just a, a, uh, identity governance journey, authentication journey, et cetera. I think when that comes together, what, and it, it does it for us as well. It allows us to, to create that full vision of what it is, what it is that I'm creating. We've, we've talked a, a lot about solution selling and, and really selling results. It's not about a PAM pro project. It's about my people, X number of people can get onto these systems with this access when they need to. And that's really what I'm selling. I'm selling 25 of my, my most important systems onboarded into an IGA program. Those synergies together, I think, allow executives to, to solve their problems. Now, when we're looking at uh, the change in how these programs are delivered from on-prem to SaaS, obviously that time to value speeds up. And so we, we work a lot more in terms of configuration. The customization and folks are recognizing that like the special sauce of their business 
It's not the complexity of their IGA program or of, of, of or their privileged needs. So we can come together and say, look, let's take best practices. Let's take best in breed vendors and come together with a suite of products. And really, I think, drive and deliver value in a way that is valuable enough for them to sign on the dotted line and say, hey, we, we, we can assume X number of dollars spent for the value that we're providing as a team. Interesting. We were talking about the three-legged stool and, and you've got Beyond Trust, PAM Solutions, you've got SailPoint Governance, you've got, we had Ping in the room, uh, Identity, and really our other partners doing delivery with us um, really talked about, you've got to go in with that overall strategy. And if you're selling just one of our components, it's just a piece of, it's just one slice of pie, right, Brent? Yeah. Well, Dana said it. I mean, it's the delivery of an outcome. That's what people are buying yeah. now. You know, it isn't just about a feature or a function of a piece of technology from a particular vendor. It's who can stitch all of this stuff together for me. And I think one of the other things that we see now more than ever before is the integration of those components, which is where organizations, particularly like pairs, come in, right? You know, for, for being able to glue all of this stuff together and actually make it work, not just to fix the initial use case of that particular problem, but to create this this fabric of solutions that are going to solve the overall problem, del- deliver the outcome for the business and, and ultimately make people more secure. So yeah. What we've talked about or I, uh, in prior episodes of the podcast is, uh, you know, you've got traditionally you had the alliances team, you had the channel team, and they were very separated, very siloed in many times. And We've brought them together at Beyond Trust. I've spoken to other vendors that are doing the same thing. That was something that you really wanted to do. Why was that so important for you? I absolutely did. I mean, as you know, I mean, the way that I saw it was that this is really um, the formation of what I call the next generation channel, right? right. But this is us looking at all of those routes to market um, and how they don't operate as standalone siloed routes to market. Because for me, if I was to put myself in the, in the shoes of any of our customers, I mean, again, going back to what we were just talking about in terms of outcomes, I don't really care how I get there. I just want the best people in the room helping me with that problem. Right. And oftentimes they can be different partner types. And what we've not been well conditioned for, I don't think, is technology sellers in the past or, you know, vendor organizations have not have not really done a very good job of being able to stitch together what I call this tapestry of um, different channel partner types that can really deliver that value. And that's that's ultimately what we want to do, right? We want to bring together SIs with VARs. We want to bring the power of the VADs together with our GSI partners. You know, how do we bring all of that brain trust and all of that power together along with the you know technical capabilities of our solution to actually deliver successful outcomes so for me that's what it's about yeah and what i thought was so fun yesterday in the advisory board was having all of those different partner types distributor alliance partner gsi uh, delivery partner from different countries and just seeing how your eyes were open too to the different business models there was a lot of learning going on and appreciation i guess that's why it was driven that way right a lot of appreciation for our different models and how we can better work together. And that was really the theme was, how do we sell better together? How do we deliver better together, right? Yeah, I I would say one thing too about the brand equity that you can achieve and leverage across a delivery partners at delivery levels, right? From systems integrators to to VARs to to, companies like SailPoint, et cetera. I, I don't know who's in there first. Right. Beyond trust may be in there first. And, and it is very easy for me to walk in and say, Oh, they're working for you. They're a partner of ours. And right. so, um, I can leverage the, the brand equity you have to bring my product in as well. Right. right? And, and when we come together and we even do, um, 
teamed marketing, those types of things. You have a trusted implementation partner. Well, by the way, what products are you, are you so good at, right? And it happens to be ours. And I think that really allows every level of the partner ecosystem to have a, a, a creative value into the actual sale. Yeah, and those are the what we call the trifecta marketing plays that we're trying to run. We're the trifecta between Untrust, our alliance partner, and then a delivery partner that's in there who can do the convergence of all and integration of all those those products. Exactly, and that actually brings another topic of mind of my mind is the many service part. But oh, we yes. can it's because one of our dreams back in ICY security is to combine all the services from all the alliances here and uh, and Sailpoint and Beyond Trust and Ping and make that grow together to become an ICY security managed service, because that is something that we can sell and maybe distribute also as well. That's, that's what we are actually thinking of doing. Maybe not this year, but hopefully in the coming years, we hope. And that was a topic that we had. That was, I think, the next topic we had after lunch was MSPs. And, and we were looking at, we've launched an MSP program. We've, when I came into the, the post at Beyond Trust, we basically had a transactional channel, a resale program. Now we've expanded it. We've added MSPs, GSIs, service delivery. And we're on a journey, a multi-year journey of continuing to modernize our partner program as we develop the modern partner ecosystem, right? So a lot of conversation around MSP and what do we need to have a, a best-in-class MSP program. Do you want to touch on a few of those things that, that we talked about? What we talked about, I think, was something regarding uh, both the MSP program, but also all the benefits into this MSP program, how to do the correct selling part, how, how we can actually liberate the need of, of not having one large client, but to divide this amount of licenses into smaller parts. That's something that could be very beneficial for us in the Nordics, because some of our clients are not that big. That could be very good for us. That's a great point. We also noticed, too, how we really have to think regionally and how your needs in a small market like Denmark could be very different than the needs of a partner in a big market like the U.S. Yeah, and just the varying degrees of MSPs, right? I would argue that years ago, maybe 20% of the reseller solution provider population identified as an MSP, and now half of them do. But if you're an MSP and 5% of your business is services, you need to be treated and differently and have a different partner program than somebody who's delivering 75% managed services. And so I thought that that was pretty cool. Just, I mean, always learning, right? And to hear from the various parts of the alliance and the ecosystem, as we talked a lot about, is incredibly important. And, you know, that commitment to listening and learning to build the best parts of an MSP program is fundamental right now. So you work with a ton of, of other vendors. What are you seeing? You know, we, you know our strategy. It's all around the partner ecosystem. Is that identical with all the other vendors? Are, are they ahead of the game, behind the game, or do you see across the gamut of... You know, look, for me, what really stood out and, and what makes a great OEM or vendor partner is first and foremost, from our perspective, is commitment to the channel. And that rings loud and clear. The channel partners want to understand that hey, I'm not going to lose a renewal direct or I'm not going to lose this over here. And they want that 100% commitment to channel. So I think that that was one thing that, that went really well was that testament. Because ultimately, look, we all are in the game together. Obviously, we want to grow our businesses, but we want our partners to be more profitable with us than with anybody else. And commitment to the channel is foundational. Yeah, I talk about that a lot. Brent, I'm curious, you stepped into the CRO role maybe a year before I joined. Was that commitment already there? Or did you have to do some work to get that commitment? I think going back to the comment that you made about regionality, I mean, we built a business up in EMEA, 
predominantly around, wholly around actually the channel. Like we couldn't have done that yet. Right. Which you were running sales in EMEA before you took yeah, so on the... Yeah. So I've, I've been with Beyond Trust um, for just over 10 years, 10 and a half years. So I was one of the first people on the ground. We built the business up purely around the channel. The, the business over in the States, where I now live, um, grew up very, very differently. And we were almost retrofitting a go-to-market model that incorporated the channel into the way that we went to market over there. So we definitely had different start points on that journey. I would say two years ago, we very much took the hammer rather than the, um, or, or rather the stick rather than the carrot approach, you know, and when you're trying to get salespeople to do something, um, stick does not always get you there, right? And, you know, they're, they're generally coin operated and, and like carrots. So um, that was one of the things that I think that we tried to do prior to me taking over. Um, you know, the approach was, you know, thou shalt sell everything that you have through the channel. Um, salespeople didn't necessarily respond very well to that as a three-line whip. And I think what we really had to do was take it back to base principles, kind of this first principles thinking, um, which is, okay, what we're really trying to do here, the thing that we're really trying to do as a vendor is create value for our customer first. And as soon as you start looking at the problem in that way and sell it back to the sales team and say, right, how do we, how might you create value for your customer by working with different partner types and you get them to look at the, the problem that way, it becomes a very different conversation. And that's really what we wanted to do from the outset with this next generation channel philosophy, which is let's look at the channel ecosystem that we have and really start to build a concrete value proposition for all the different customer types that we have, whether it's mid-market all the way through to enterprise. How do we really engage with the customer from day one and immediately start adding value with the power of the ecosystem, whether that's a managed service or whether that's just, you know, somebody who's coming from one of the large SIs consultancy just to provide that initial insight and unbiased view as to what a customer should really be thinking about, how they lay out the program, all the way through to who are the best people that have actually been there, done that and can get on the ground and, and help me here. And I think then as soon as the salespeople, as soon as Beyond Trust really started to embrace that, we saw that that had a, a marked impact on the the level of business that we were actually delivering, the quality of the engagements that we've got, and the NPS scores of our customers more than anything else, which has been a steady increase over the course of the last few years, two years, certainly. So yeah, I, I would say that, you know, really, that's where we started. But we, you know, we really built out a concrete value proposition now, I believe, with the this tapestry of different channel partners that we've now got. Yeah. And like you said, it starts with the customer, right? That was the foundation of what we do. Yeah. I, I would just add, and I, I love your perspective on the customer first. Obviously, the customer is always first, but the message to the sales folks that are selling to those customers should be, you don't have to do it alone. And that's the brilliance of the ecosystem is that everybody plays their role. Ultimately, job number one is to satisfy that customer with that business outcome that we right. talk so much about. Right. Yeah, I think when I look at kind of distilling this down, it, it all comes down to value add at, at every single level, right? Every step and, of the way. Exactly. And I think that to me is in many cases as much of a messaging game as it is anything else, right? You know, to your point, thou must push everything through the channel is just not a message that works to salespeople because they see they want to sell something, they want to make a margin on it, they want to make their money. But the reality is if I can message and show the value to the salespeople and to the client, or the prospect that these layers that we're offering here are going to provide you value in terms of capability, in terms of reach, in terms of communication, in terms of technology, in terms of integration. That to me is a, is a, a real winning message. And, and that's why you have a channel in the first place. And so 
it really it goes back to kind of basic core tenets of, of why a channel is in place. And, and the reality is if anybody fails at that and doesn't show their value, whether it's at a product level or at an implementation level, that's when it breaks down, right? And I think the key to managing a good, a good a partner program is to make sure that all those cogs are oiled correctly and appreciated, right? right. Because uh, I think, well, I'll stop there, but I, I think... Yeah. I don't know why it was just coming back to me, our, our initial conversations that we had when we were doing introductions, and people were talking about strengths of their partnerships and how trust... And we all talk about trust and partnerships, right? But that just came up over and over and over again. And as we're working more and more together with different partner types and different partners are working together, those partners knowing each other and building relationships and trusting each other is, is critical, just critical. Per, what else are you seeing? No, I'm just, uh, I just like to elaborate on this because we're in this together and we cannot do it all by ourselves. We have to work together. And that's also one of the very good things I've experienced in the last two days. Yeah. There's actually new relationships with all of you guys and also with all the other partners. We can actually go, go home now and help and assist each other yeah. on the implementation, on the sales and everything else. That's really Really a key thing for me. Yeah, that was one of your big takeaways from the event. I think the other one for me, probably one of the biggest ones, was that when we were going through that appreciative inquiry process that we were talking about was the number of our partners that actually started seeing the value of working with each other and starting to expand what they were doing, irrespective of the vendor. You know, so I see that as being the really exciting thing because that's where the magic really, really starts to happen, you know, because that the, the value is exponential with this ecosystem that we're bringing to the customer. It's not just about our technology anymore. This is about this brain trust um, and all these different capabilities that we're really bringing to bear. So I think that for me, that was one of the most, the most exciting things that came out of the back. Yeah, we saw partners sitting together at, at different tables, getting to know each other service providers getting to know a reseller who needed that service expertise, partners who didn't have a distributor relationship who could leverage that. And we're seeing all the different ways that distributors are adding value and actually wanted to form that kind of relationship. There was a lot of that interaction. And there's immediate trust there as well, right? Because all of these people have either worked with us as a vendor for a very long time. I mean, I, there, there were partners in that room that I've worked with for over a decade and some that I've only really just met and started to work with. Yeah. Um, and it, even having our technology alliance partners in, in the room and starting to bring those conversations together and people starting to broaden out their portfolios based upon a trusted relationship and the value that's been delivered. So I think that's hugely exciting, beneficial for everybody that's been in there. And again, would encourage anybody that's thinking about their partner strategy, their go-to-market strategy to really make sure that they're getting all of those people together. Because you know, I think the benefit, as I say, is, is exponential, not just for the company, um, but for the customers ultimately. Eric, any other key takeaways that you got or what you appreciated from the, the partner advisory board? I mean, I, I said it already. It's just a, you're a lifelong learner. Yeah. And for me to sit in a room with uh, folks, great people mm -hmm. from all around the globe and hearing their stories and what makes them successful. And then just everybody's role, you know, as Dana mentioned, everybody's role in the ecosystem was incredibly valuable to me. And just the way that you guys hosted the whole thing, best in class. It was it was a time really well spent. Excellent. Dana, any other thoughts from you? Yeah, I said this at the meeting, but I think for me, it was really a great opportunity actually for me because part of it was to, in a sense, looking in the mirror, right? And looking at, we have our own partner program. And so the, the compare and contrast capability for me was really very interesting. And, you know, to be frank, there are things that maybe we do better. There are things that, that uh, certainly we do worse. And there are actually questions that we were addressing there that we've tried to address ourselves. 
And it's interesting just to see two people trying to solve the same problem, right? And, and what's the brainstorming that comes up? The different people in the room guide you down a different path. And that was really beneficial for me. I left with, I, th I think, a, a much greater understanding of channel, of, of its layers, of, of the need for it, and, it's, and how it fits in, in the larger technology play, if you will, or technology company play. Um, so yeah, it was very, very great for me. And, and uh, Monaco's not a bad place to have it, frankly. Yeah. I, uh, Where's yours? Uh, I think it's on, on the moon. I think is ours. It's the moon. Yeah, uh, it's, the, it's the only place like, I think it's better. It's better. Not much. Not much to do though. Not much to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and a big part of the PAB too. It's great to get together face to face and have these conversations, right? But the, I think for me and for uh, hopefully for all of you, the even bigger benefit is the relationships that you can build. And trust is based on relationships. And the time that we had together last night going out to the Oceanographic Museum and Aquarium up on the cliff. Just a great night out. Some of us walked home. A great decision to walk home. Yeah. Had, a, had a great adventure. And then today's adventure, uh, going out on a boat. Uh, we were supposed to go antique car driving. That fell through, but it turned out to be a good thing. It was quite a day. Yeah. I mean, how great is it just to be able to get in the room with people again, though? I mean, that's, that's one of the things. I think I could go and sit in a meeting room for a, an hour, you know, fly across the country, meet with any of these guys or fly internationally. And it just doesn't have the same impact. Just being able to spend the time together has just been... Yeah. Sitting in a room was great, but sitting on a boat together was next level. <laughs> had the same joke. I had the same joke. Yes. <laughs> that was not bad. That was not bad at all. And yeah, it's just all that relationship building, a chance that we got to have to have fun together. All right. Awesome. Before I wrap up, guys, anything that I did not ask you that you'd like to, to share about the, the Monaco, the event, our partnerships? That's a big question, isn't it? I always throw that out there. I think you guys are tired. We, we've been out in the sun all day. <laughs> Friends deep in thought over here. I, uh, he is deep in thought. You know, all I can say is thank you. What, what a great partnership that we have. And, uh, Super excited for our future together. Appreciate the fact that we're not here talking about today. We're talking about tomorrow and three years from now. And so all I can say is thanks again. It was fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, it's a big journey ahead of us. Yeah, and I would reiterate, thank you. It was a pleasure to be invited and to bring here. My final thought, I guess, is that you know it is evident that convergence is occurring in the marketplace with, again, the identities, the space from authorization, authentication, and privilege. And so I think these relationships will only need to get stronger. Right. We, will, we will only need to have better answers as we move forward. And, and your channel program and our channel program, I'm sure, will converge just as the technologies converge, et cetera, along with other SSO vendors like Ping, et cetera. So it, it's a great, great event and, in a weird way, a great first start. You know, right. and, and so I'm anxious to see how we uh, evolve and progress as we move forward. Yeah, excellent. Per, any last thoughts? Yeah, well, the last thought from me was, of course, also yesterday, we saw a lot of great plans from all of us, both you from Beyond Trials, also from us as a partner. Let's now go out and let's now get executed on yeah. all of those. Now all the great things. Now we have to do some execution. I hear exactly. that a lot. Rob, you've got a great strategy. Now go execute. <laughs> Where do I hear that from, Brent? Yeah, sorry about that, Rob. Yeah, but no, I can't think really of anything else that we've not released because other than possibly marketplaces, I think that was one of the only other things that was, uh, was a big topic because that's very, very relevant and very current in our market. But no, it's just been incredible to get everybody together in such an amazing location, you know, really create that 
family feeling to the partner community. Yeah, I don't think you can put value on that. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us in Monaco. And thank you for joining me on the Channel Journeys podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. All right. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, please forward it to your channel friends. And be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure.